Hello, everyone. Welcome to the next episode of Lexclusive, the podcast created by Paper Street Web Design and Marketing. As always, I'm your host, Nancy, the Client Relations Manager here at Paper Street. Today, I'm joined by Alyssa, our Creative Director, and Pete, the CEO and founder of our company. Hi, Alyssa and Pete. Thanks for joining me today. Hiya. Hi, Nancy. Hi, Pete. All right. Today, we're going to do something a little different. Rather than present one topic, we're going to do a quick overview of how to quickly improve your website. What we'll be talking about is 10 things you're probably missing from your law firm website. Even if you have some of these things, but not others, it's important to listen to all of these tips and take them into consideration, as these are the suggestions that we make for all of our clients for just an overall better user experience, overall better marketing, and just overall geared toward earning conversions from potential clients. All right, with that said, we'll dive into number one. Probably most important for law firms is your attorney bio. Alyssa, what do we need to tell our audience? Well, after speaking to hundreds of clients, the attorney bio seems to be the number one focus on every law firm site. Most clients know that's the first page that users want to take a look at. So that page really has to be optimized. And it's an opportunity to show the robust experience, the qualifications, and the credibility that your attorneys have. So every bio should be comprehensive and full of all of their accolades, uh, just some examples, a really good bio is going to have a great photo. It's going to have their contact information. Those are the main items. Now, some clients want just a few paragraphs, but we really recommend that in addition to having an overview, that there's a list of practice areas that the attorney practices, um, any education in terms of schools that they've gone to, where their admissions for their bar uh, are located, And then any other information that is, again, relevant, credible, it could be recognition, awards, publications, speaking events, any related news. You know, there's a whole list of different sections that you can include. And the great thing about a great attorney bio is that you can have all of these different sections according to what works for that attorney. So basically at Paper Street, we can program all of the different sections in and if that attorney has it, it will populate. If it doesn't, it won't populate. But again, I think users really want to see the whole spectrum of what that attorney um, has accomplished so that they can feel comfortable you know, with their decision. Just to quickly jump in on that, I will say that in my days on the SEO team, we would see that the attorney bio page was often the second most popular page visited on the sites after like what was appearing in search or the homepage. So they are looking, your potential clients are looking at your bio. Um, And one of the other things that we tend to mention to them that they should include is the offices they practice out of, because some of our clients have many, many offices and they like to know, oh, you will be the attorney handling my case. So that's another quick little add-on that I think that a lot of attorney bios should include. Right. That's a great point. If it is an office, a multi-office firm, then definitely having the location of that particular attorney as it, it might be important for that um, user to know that they're getting someone that's in their area. So that's a great point. And that actually leads into the second most important thing that I think a lot of law firm websites overlook is your contact information and contact forms. You've convinced someone to look at your site. They've visited your site. They're impressed by your background, they read your bio, but then do you make it easy for them to contact you? 
Yeah, I've seen lawyers do everything from just having a phone call, a phone number rather. I've seen them list, uh, you could email the attorney directly, you know, but the real the reality of the census is that I recently looked at a survey that said 84% of people are double screening when they're watching television. So they're looking at their phone. Sometimes people are looking at your law firm website when they're actually in an office. Maybe they're considering a divorce, but they're looking up an attorney on there at during their lunch break. What you really need to do is have a contact form. So that allows a person to contact you when they're doing something else. And that way they can also type in the information that you need from them. What is their email? What kind of claim do they have? What office are they looking at? So really having a contact form in particular can benefit both your potential clients and your and your site, your law firm in itself. Um, and then I do get a lot of questions about, oh, I don't want spam. How can we prevent spam? There are things in place that you can do to avoid spam, but still get the benefits of a contact form, whether it's having captchas in there, whether it having a detailed contact form where they actually have to type in information about your their case so you can see if they're relevant or not. Um, and a lot of times you really just have to have a conversation with whomever is designing your site, Paper Street or otherwise, and make sure that whatever contact form you're using really targets the information that you need from a potential client. Swinging on to number three, Pete, we'll turn to you about this one, a regular update schedule. What does that entail? Yeah, so we take on a lot of extra clients that actually have their uh, designs outside of Paper Street, including development. So we take them on and we help maintain and host them. Of course, we build out our own websites too. Um, But what we find is a lot of companies that are coming to us uh, have a lot of issues with their core WordPress. And I'm going to talk about WordPress because it powers, I don't know the actual number, but it's a large majority of uh, law firm websites right now. And so if you're on a WordPress site or even your own custom CMS, you need to have a regular update schedule. Um, This entails you need to log into WordPress at least once a month, maybe every week too. Um, You need to look at the overall core update for WordPress, make sure that it's on the latest version. There's always security patches, um, new features. WordPress can actually be sped up. The latest update actually supposedly increases speed for your site by 15%, which is a good amount. Um, you need to make sure all your plugins are updated. Those are the most insecure plugins out there typically is is, is through the most insecurity problems we have are through uh, plugins. And so that's where you want to make sure you have a regular update schedule for those. Um, you need to make sure that you don't, you're not using really old expired plugins. There's a great tool called WordFence, which will actually keep track of old plugins and see if they've actually been pulled from the WordPress repository. And if so, find a new one. Um, you can also you typically clear your cache through the admin. You can do backups, making sure that you have regular backups. A, men, a, a reminder that a backup that's not actually tested isn't a real backup. So you always want to actually test out your backups every once in a while. Um, finally, you actually want to review admins. We actually took on a client recently that had 15 different administrative level people, um, not just editors, but full admin level. And they were from agencies, prior agencies, prior, prior agencies. And these people still had access to the website. So we, of course, removed them all. Um, so you just want to make sure who's your admins. Typically, you want to keep those down to a few people that actually need ability to update your site. And then you can have previous you know, editor levels, author levels, and so forth. Finally, if you don't have a good web host, you want to make sure you have a staging environment where you can stage all this. So if you're doing the updates, you stage it first and then make sure changes are done. Um, and then finally, um, you need to take a look at your content and make sure that, you know, you can look at, see when content's been last updated. If it's been two years on a bio, probably want to update your bios and so forth. And WordPress is great at showing when the last update's made. And that kind of leads us into the next topic, which I think is theme updates. Yes. So there's a lot to be said about having a great theme on your website. I mean, I think first and foremost, it's important to point out that the theme of your website should be consistent with 
your brand identity. So whatever look and feel um, that you have for your logo and just your overall firm marketing should really just be tied into the website. The website is an extension of your marketing. So consistency builds trust. So when a client or a potential user, a potential client sees that everything seems to be aligned, you know, the look, the feel, the emotion, everything that comes from your brand, and they see that on the website, it does build credibility and it does build trust. So picking a theme that is consistent with your brand and consistent with your uh, message is really important. So that's just a big overall point that you want to make sure of with your website. But then when you drill down a little bit deeper, the theme within itself should be consistent. So all of your styling, your typography, your colors, um, just the, the image quality, everything that's on your site should be consistent through all of the pages. And I don't mean the exact same design, but the same design elements. And that's you know essentially what makes a really good theme is that you're carrying through the same colors, fonts, um, paragraph styles, and just overall layouts. So within that, there is some flexibility, but I do think it's important to um, identify that your theme is working just for your overall brand. And as a bonus little tip for that one, it's good to mention that once you've created your website theme, make sure it applies to social media as well, um, because social media is really about promoting that brand that Alyssa's talking about. And a lot of times, you know, you, these law firms will post on social media without any connection to their themes, the colors, the fonts, things like that. So it's always good to make sure you you tackle your website theme first and then consider the arms of that. Does it match your social media templates? Then does it match your marketing materials. So theme is really the starting point to really grant branch out your marketing. And there is an infinite opportunities for you to just continue to increase that exposure and that brand. Yes, absolutely. Branding is really important. I mean, we're, we're really just touching on the surface here with the website theme, but great point, Nancy, on the social media too. Absolutely. We are trying to make sure this is as informative a half hour as you all will have. So we're just trying to throw in our tidbits here and there. So with that said, we'll move on to number five, uh, practice area content. I may be a little biased on this one because I've done content for so many years now, but the truth of the matter is content matters. Your practice area content matters. Your potential clients need to know what you do at your law firm. Will you handle their case? For example, it's great that you listed you're a divorce attorney. Do you also handle child support? Do you also handle property damage, uh, property claims, you know, things like that. You know, a lot of lawyers feel like, oh, it's self-explanatory. If they know that I handle, let's say, uh, will creation, that I'll also handle probate. But that's really not the case because a lot of times people don't have any education when it comes to nuances of law or anything like that. And we can't expect them to. So if you don't fully describe the claims that you handle and how you can help people, a, a person will probably just leave your site rather than risk looking foolish. You have to understand that a lot of times people hiring a lawyer are, are embarrassed, they're unhappy, they're stressed, and let's and lawyers don't exactly have the best, you know, stereotypical portrayals out there. So we need to make sure that your content outlines how you can help, 
why you can help them and just helps educate them to the claims that they have. Um, it's just so important to really just establish yourself out there because your website may be the only thing that someone looks at. So if you don't blatantly say, yes, I can handle your car accident. Yes, I can handle your probate claim. Then they simply just may move on to the next law firm's website that actually spells it out for them. So we really take that into account. And it really goes for all practice areas, not just things like personal injury and family law, because again, not everyone understands or graduated from law school what it is that you can do for them. All right, Pete, next up, one of your favorites is speed. All right. So um, in 2022, uh, Google's core web vitals became the standard for measuring web performance. We use it on a daily basis, and that improves the website speed for all of our clients. It's an easy tool. Just type in Google Page Insights to Google. Uh, up will pop the first link. Type in your URL. Up will pop all the results after about you know anywhere from 10 to 20 seconds. Um, it'll start showing you all sorts of things that you may not know, but it'll actually detail everything out um, of how to fix it. So it's kind of cool. Um, one of the first ones that we always look at is cumulative layout shift. Um, that basically means our images popping in and out. So like you've probably been to websites where the page starts loading and then suddenly it shifts. And that's because a, an object wasn't set to reserve space for it, basically, usually an image or something like that. So we try to keep that to a minimum to reserve space as we lazy load images and then load elements in the site. One of the biggest offenders to crush your site speed is scripts. Um, it's great to install tracking scripts, Google Analytics, Facebook, you know, Pixel, um, all the other ones out there, uh, any web analytics tool you use, uh, third-party fonts, things like that. But the problem is each one will slow down your website. What we usually do is take those and load them into the footer um, and load them last. Your cumulative layout shift might change a little bit, but overall it offsets that the page can at least load um, while those are loading in the background. Um, more importantly, if any one of those ever errors out, which happens from time to time, sometimes third-party servers go down um, to you know, grab that image, it can actually pause your site for like five seconds. So if you ever have a site that's just not loading for some reason, like halfway through and then goes on, it's probably because some asset isn't loading and it's offside, so you have to check on that. So that's why we always load those last. Um, you can take a look at the largest content painful. That's the biggest image, basically, that's going to take you know, the site to file to load. Uh, sometimes you want to push that down or offset that or lazy load that a little bit. Um, speed and security, I talked about previously. You want to make sure that everything's up to date. Um, plugin updates, core updates will make your site faster. Um, and finally, a good web host actually matters. Um, a good web host, a slow web host um, will over-provision their servers. They'll have you know thousands of websites running on a single server, which will slow down the site. You'll have a noisy neighbor basically taking up all the bandwidth. Um, but if you get yourself onto a, a better host that limits it down to maybe 100 or less uh, related sites that are all low bandwidth traffic, you'll be fine. Um, and then, you know, ideally get yourself, you know, you can get yourself a dedicated server, but those are usually going to be more cost, you know, prohibitive for you to do. Um, so, yeah, those are kind of the, the issues about speed. All right. Logo. Let's discuss, Alyssa. Well, I love that we're circling back to branding, one of my favorite things. So we did mention earlier about the brand and the theme. Well, another big, important component of your brand is your logo. So much like we talked about with your theme, your logo is also a representation of your firm or your practice, and it needs to evoke those feelings, those emotions, um, the overall impression you want to make on your potential clients. So there's so many ways we can do that in design. Um, it's one of the things I love about design are those nuances. So if you're an ultra modern, maybe really technology savvy firm, then you want your logo to reflect that. There's fonts that we can choose that are more modern and streamlined. 
you know, there's different design elements that we can incorporate that would, without saying it, show that those are some of your differentiating factors. But let's say you're a more traditional firm, uh, as Nancy mentioned earlier, maybe probate or um, estate planning, and you are targeting a, you know an, a, an older audience, then we may we may want to choose some more traditional type fonts like serif fonts, uh, and again, have a little bit more of a traditional layout. So there's different ways within design that we can communicate without saying it, the kind of firm that you are and the impression that you want to make. So having a great logo and a a logo that reflects who you are is really important. And again, that builds trust and credibility with your potential clients, which is just so important now with such a huge um, field of attorneys and law firms. There's a lot of competition out there. So logo can really set you apart. Um, And as that pertains to your website, I do recommend that your logo integrate well into your website. Sometimes you might need to create a logo version that is more horizontal based so that it works well within the header of your uh, website. And it's not taking up too much real estate. You know, it's important that when someone gets to your site, they can see your logo, they can see who you are clearly, but that they also get to the rest of the content. You know, when someone first lands on your site, there's about three seconds for that person to form an impression. And so you want to really, again, utilize your real estate in the best way possible on your website. So having a logo that makes sense in your header area in terms of the way it's displayed, it needs to be crisp um, and again, very legible. I also think just to add in a little bonus tip here, when you're adding your logo to your website, I think it's an opportunity to hammer home whatever kind of law you practice. And it might not be incredibly obvious when you first get to that website. So a lot of times what we do for our clients is we might add a little secondary line under that logo. Perhaps again, it says, you know, estate attorneys or um, injury law or whatever it is. It's an opportunity to just further explain what you do to your audience that they understand right away what you do. Um, That can really lend to keeping your clients or your potential clients on your site for longer because they feel like they've reached the right place instead of saying, oh, I'm not sure if they practice the kind of law or if they're the kind of firm I'm looking for. So there's ways to optimize your logo for your website that I think are really important. Uh, And so just make sure that, you know, from not only just a, um, you know, a communication standpoint that your logo works on your website, but that it also works from a stylistic standpoint, that it doesn't look like it just got placed onto a website and those styles are fighting against each other. Make sure everything is consistent. Very true. Very helpful, Alyssa. Uh, I'm going to, like like Alyssa segued back to brand, I'm going to segue back to content. Again, not just because I have experience in it, but it really is that important. And I'm going to talk about your blog. Um, When I have my meetings with my clients, well, our clients, I should say, it's not about you know, everybody having the same blog. A personal injury lawyer's blog is not going to look anything like a corporate lawyer's blog. And if you have a good content writer, they're going to understand that. But the goal of your blog is to further demonstrate your expertise and your authority to your clients. And, you know, it's funny because some of the clients that we speak to that are the most reluctant to have a blog are corporate lawyers. And it's really interesting because uh, a site called Pacel just released a 
survey of, of general council members. And they said that something astounding, like over 90% are looking at your law firm's website to see what news and information and insights you can offer them about current legal issues. So this is an opportunity for you to further increase your exposure for further to your authority. And of course, there are other small bonuses with it as well. You know, your blog will appear in search a lot of times. So if someone is researching if they need a lawyer, like what do I do if I'm personal representative? Um, when is it too late to file a nursing home claim? These people may not be hiring a lawyer yet, but if you convince them with your blog post showing them, yes, you have a claim, this is what you need to do, then you've just earned yourself a client from somebody who may not have even been sure if they were going to file a claim. So it helps with your SEO. It helps you with conversions. It helps demonstrate your authority. There's really no reason not to have a blog. I will say that, however, that I think the biggest problem I see with the blogs that our attorneys create when they do it themselves is they turn their blogs into PR pieces. Is it great that your lawyers are super lawyers? Absolutely. But if someone goes to your blog and sees nothing but accolades and where your attorney spoke and things like that, they're not going to come back for more. So they're not going to review your blog again for those insights. They're not going to try to see if you can help answer their questions. You've already lost their interest. So even if you do have the occasional boasting posts, those are perfectly fine. But make sure your, your overall reason of why you blog is that you are doing it to educate your potential and your current clients. There's no reason that your current clients won't come back for something related if you're a corporate lawyer or something like that. And similarly, they may be helping out a friend. You know, maybe they hired you for divorce, but you also do criminal law. So they're going to look at your criminal law questions to see if you could help your friend. So again, their friend rather. So again, I cannot stress why you need a blog enough. And again, it's better to do one and not necessarily hit all of the goals as opposed to not having one and just have it be an overall miss. All right. Another critical thing for your website is ADA compliance. Pete, can you talk to our audience about that? I can. Uh, ADA compliance is making sure that uh, your website's viewable, viewable for ADA screenwriters and so forth. Um, I would recommend that everyone just run a tool um, at wave.webaim.org. It's a great tool. At least run to your homepage and see if you have any errors. Um, usually that's going to be your most prominent page. You also need to run it on all the pages of your site, of course. Um, you can do a, a full extensive analysis. Um, but, you know, take a look, make sure there's uh, major issues with your site in terms of menus, colors, um, typography, headings, things like that. Uh, make sure this, you're, you basically have no errors. Um, good tool to use. Uh, like I said, web, wave.webaim.org. There are other tools out there too. There's obviously companies that will run full scans as well, but that's a good start. That'll let you know, you know, how to proceed. Um, you probably need to hire a developer to fix any issues um, about readability, nav navigation, keyboards, and text-based alternatives, all text, basically. Um, but at the end of the day, there's also some false positives. A lot of reports that we review on a daily basis, um, something will, the, the technology, the AI will basically say it's a, you know, a, a flag it for our review, but then we'll look at it and be like, oh, it's actually fine. So you do have to actually review the reports and details, and it's got a lot of work to do. So, but it's good to have and make sure that it's uh, running. All right. And number 10, we hit at videos. 
um, I think any of us can really talk about videos because videos are multimedia options that you can customize. You can make an explainer video with animation. You can make a video where your firm is describing something in a simple interview format. You can have uh, motion graphic videos, which I, I have to laugh because Pete labeled them akin to drug commercials, but it's the truth. You could have that stock footage with a narrative and it's still very effective. People remember those drug commercial videos. But the reason to have a, a video on your site is explanatory purposes and clarification purposes and authority purposes. You can use it to describe your experiences. You can use it to explain a particularly complicated legal matter. You can use it to uh, boast of your firm's successes. For example, we see firms with 25 years of experience highlight some of your experiences. Um, and then another good option for your videos is just simply to put some personality to your law firm, you know, have them see you speaking to the camera. Uh, particularly impactful are client testimonial videos, if you can get them. They love to, the audience would love to know who you've helped, how they've helped, and just see real people like themselves getting help from your firm. This is truthfully one of the later options you can fit, add to your site because some of these other things are much more important, things like ADA compliance and the things that Alyssa and I have already mentioned. But a video is a nice add-on to your site for authority, expertise, branding, all of the things we've already touched upon. And it's also a distinguishing factor because not every firm will have a video. So it's a great way to add on to your site. Nancy, those are all wonderful points. And I want to add something on to that. Video has repeatedly shown in studies that it increases engagement. So as you notice, even with social media, reels, all of those short videos, those are becoming increasingly more popular because people are engaging with them more. They are staying on sites longer. Um, it really gets them pulled into you know who you are, your firm. So there's just, as Nancy mentioned, so many opportunities to add video to your site. Even from a design standpoint, you can have a video in the background of your homepage. It doesn't even have to have audio. It can just be showing different scenes. And it's also a really good way to communicate a couple of different areas that you might practice or highlight different parts of your firm. There are so many wonderful ways that you can use video. Um, another idea too is to show just your authority on subject matters. So as Nancy mentioned, it's it's great for informative reasons. Um, and I just even find personally nowadays, you know, I could be in my car and it's so much easier for me to listen to something, whether it's an audio book or if I'm taking a walk, I can listen to something. So it's a great way to just have another form of communication. Not everyone wants to read a long paragraph anymore. Our attention spans have gotten shorter. So I think videos even more so now have become a huge um benefit to your site and a great way to communicate with your audience. I'll put Alyssa. All right, everyone, that wraps up our 10 things your law firm website is probably missing. Um, hopefully we've given you some ideas and you're ready to add some of these things to your site to get overall more conversions, better client engagement, and just further build your brand. Alyssa and Pete, thanks for joining me. And we hope you all will tune into our next episode of Flexclusive. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. Thank you.